Techno, 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 progressive. You are listening to Techno Progressive on 101.9 CITR. Okay, welcome to Techno Progressivo. I'm DJ Wah. You're listening to 101.9 CITR here in Vancouver. Happy New Year. Happy belated holidays. It's been a long time since I've been here. Uh, and I do have a really special feature for tonight. It's an interview with uh, Miguel Miggs. He's going to be here in Vancouver next Saturday, the 26th uh, at MIA. I was fortunate to be able to speak to him in advance of the show. Full track list for the interview is on Techno Progressivo's Facebook page, along with a collection of Miguel Miggs. Let me try that again, Miguel makes web links. Here's the interview, enjoy this, and I'll be back uh, for part two in a bit. Uh, this is DJ Wah speaking to Miguel Miggs, a veteran of the global deep house scene. He's been producing and DJing since the mid-1990s and continues to do so to this day. Uh, over the past year, he's played at a list of enviable gigs, including Sound Nightclub in LA, Great Northern in San Francisco, Nikki Beach in Koh Samui, Thailand, and he also hosted his own Essential Salted event at the WMC in Miami last March. Uh, he's been released on a number of iconic labels, such as Defected, Ohm, Yoshitoshi, and his own Salted Music, just to name a few. It's my pleasure to be speaking to him. This is Miguel Meeks. So to begin with, how would you define your sound? Well, thanks for having me, first off. I guess it's hard for me to necessarily put an exact description on it, because it sort of varies. I mean, I have stuff that I like to produce that's a little bit more um, not necessarily fully dance floor focused but I also have the side of me that enjoys creating that are more for the dance floor I guess say um, a little more dubby and sort of the kind of stuff that I enjoy playing on the dance floor rather than focused on you know the full songwriting and the vocals so I guess I have a couple different sides okay uh, how would you say your sound has evolved since say the early 90s or mid 90s up to 2019 here well, I've always just took, taken the same approach, to be honest with you. I never really overthink it. I just kind of enjoy doing, you know, creating whatever I'm feeling at that moment. It's very spontaneous how I approach it when I go into my studio and start creating. Um, and it always has been from day one. So I guess my approach, I'm never really too concerned about the changes and the trends and the ups and downs or whatever. Um, Deep House kind of maybe descending in popularity and then gaining more popularity. It's just funny how the industry has changed and, and so drastically through 20 plus years that I've been involved in it anyways. So I just think it's about being connected to what you're doing in a way that, that you are passionate about it. Otherwise, I feel like what's the point if you're just kind of trying to chase something or whether that's like chasing fame or just chasing money or I mean to each his own and no judgment because everybody has a different approach on how they you know do things and what, what makes them inspired. But for me, it's always it's always been the same from day one, actually, in that way to where I just really enjoy the process of being creative and, and creating creating a track, you know, just from, from the, the first moment till you're exploring um, to the end of it. And it's always changing along the way. And sometimes you're not happy with it. And sometimes you do multiple versions, but it's not necessarily like an evolution overall. I think it's more just a fine tune. I, mean, I think the roots of it come from the path point of what you love doing. And then you sort of explore and, you know, take chances here and there and try new things here and there. But it's really uh, the root of it all is still the same. And and, um, and I still really enjoy, you know, I guess, quote unquote, dance, uh, you know, music in, in the sort of deeper, more soulful, more kind of realm as far as the categorization goes, you know.
myself coming back and doing the very natural thing, you know, just living it up a little bit, right? So many years ago, I threw this song together from something that I loved when I was a young man, and it was something like this. When you are producing your music, which DAW do you produce with and, and why? Well, I've always used Logic. I guess it's just because um, that's what I've always used. So I'm used, I, I was used to it from the early days. I think I, I used Logic 4 or something like that for so many years, even as it was um, going through its changes and, and Apple bought it. And it's funny to think back to those days. I used to use like a Pro Tools TDM hardware for more power, you know, back in the day. And then uh, it's just, you know, everything, all the computers got so fast. It's night and day really obviously compared <laughs> compared to what it was in the 90s using using logic in the late 90s i've never really explored pro tools or i don't know you know live or, or some of these other programs that are out there and there's obviously you know a handful of them so for me i just kind of stuck to, to logic because i just it makes sense to me and i enjoy the you know the platform and that's gotten you know it's gotten pretty user friendly through the years it's like man you can go on there and create uh you know even if you don't know much about music or have access you know you have so much access to the sound these really high quality sounds and you know user-friendly features and great quality plugins it's pretty amazing uh you know what it is today compared to what it used to be did you eventually update to the most recent version or are you still uh using logic 4 no <laughs> no 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 yeah I've, I've updated i've updated i'm using the current version but i've been using that for years now but um but like i don't remember what year it was but i i think i, I created a whole album some years back it was called outside the skyline and it was on own records and and i actually <laughs> I actually created that whole album on Logic. You know, that was when I think Logic 8 was around. You know, I had a new computer that I was ready to sort of like do all the updates and just kind of switch over. And then I just had so many unfinished projects in this old computer, you know? And it wasn't an easy transfer because like I said, it was the TDM plugins that I was using, being able to, uh, you know, switch over to the to the newer version just as black years as far as rendering <laughs> everything. It was, it was, it was mind blowing.
Within Logic, are there any uh, external VSTs or internal VSTs or outboard gear that you like to use in uh, producing music? Yeah, I mean, I've always been kind of an outboard guy, I guess. I, I've, I've never really been too inside the box as far as how sounds goes. I've always, since day one, just always had a, a random, you know, array of synths that I've used through the years, you know, from some of the old Emu synths and, and uh, the Nord and the... Uh, I have quite a few pieces of outboard gear and racks that I've explored through the years. So I think you use... Sometimes you get stuck on using a couple of them for, for a while and then you just wear those out. And then, uh, you know, it's always fun to get a new toy and, and explore the sounds within that. So it's always fun to play with the, play with knobs, I think, you know. <laughs> there's a certain amount of tangibility that feels good when you're in the studio messing around and tweaking filters and stuff on the fly uh, and coming up with sounds that way.
All right. Uh, can you tell me a time, I guess maybe going back 20 years sort of thing, where you realized that this was more than just a hobby now and something that you could actually make a living on? Yeah, uh, well, I never really planned for it that way. I wasn't ever, ever. I never really had that moment of that I wanted to be a touring you know, DJ or, or being just really within the realm, working within the realm of, you know, dance music. I was playing live music, like, when I was younger. I always kind of played music from when I was a kid. I'm just messing around on guitar and stuff like that. And then when I kind of got into, it was, it was a little more for the, like, the community aspect of it. It just, there was a whole different feel to it. It wasn't about judgment or right or wrong. It was just about, you know, all life, uh, enjoying the good time and, and, and getting their groove on and, and um and, and the music and I guess uh, so for me it came from that point of just exploring it by buying a synthesizer that I could afford at the time and just messing around. I actually had a floppy disk um, insert in the in the unit. It was an old Sonic, I think it was an MR61 keyboard or something, and it basically had a 16 track sequencer on it. So I would just sit in my room for hours uh, with headphones on, just kind of like sequencing beats and you know exploring all that, and I just was hooked. So I guess um, after you know making some tracks on that workstation, I um, was able to to get a few records out and then started doing a couple of remixes, and, and it all kind of just went from there really. So it wasn't really like a full plan. It was really just out of the, the enjoyment and passion of, of creating. You know, some people enjoyed what else I was doing, and, and, um, and I was able to, to get more opportunities and and um at the, i was also messing around djing on my friend's turntables um just you know in, a, in in our garage it was really just for fun and then of course you start getting a couple gig offers and then it becomes more you just it's sort of a natural flow actually honestly it just sort of all happened very naturally very organically in that way and um and then i was lucky enough to get a career out of it so i'm you know blessed and thankful to have had that sort of flow and, and the opportunity in that way
Okay, uh, which do you feel more passionate about, DJing uh, or producing, and why? Uh, well, I really love producing. I love being in a room and uh, and creating music. I mean, that's I think that's probably my well, it's, uh, ideas and sounds and melodies and song ideas and and are always flowing through my head, whether I want it to or not. It's just it's there, morning, noon, and night. You know, I, I go to sleep with those thoughts, I wake up with those thoughts, and I, it's sort of in my I guess ingrained into myself. To a certain degree, so um, you know, just the creative aspect of writing songs and and the exploration of writing songs and um, the possibilities within it all is what keeps me excited. Especially not having to sort of create stuff that's just for the dance floor. You know, that that's what I really love that realm of exploration within uh, creating. And but DJ, I mean, it's also something that I've loved from the beginning too, because you're you're able to connect with people on that level that's sort of needed. You know. Being in the studio can be sometimes very isolating. You know, you're, you're sitting in a room for many, many hours a day, and you're, and you know, sort of balances it all out. Honestly, just like I guess the band when you're rehearsing and writing in the studio, and then you get to go out and perform or, or whatever you want to call it. You know, you play your your songs and you know to a crowd and a live sort of experience with uh, you know being able to connect to the people and that that communal aspect of things too is very rewarding. Also, so I, I think that you know both kind of go hand in hand for me. Um, I would say uh, when you are. DJing, uh, what equipment setup do you have? Like, do you use Tractor or uh, Serato or just uh, CDJs? Or... Yeah, no, I mean, I started with vinyl, of course, and that was for years and years all it was, was we had, and that was the funnest um, as far as my experience and history goes. Uh, and then moving into CDJs was pretty amazing because, you know, being able to play tracks, uh, you know, right away and not have to wait for test pressings and whatnot was, was pretty amazing. So from the CDs, then I went to the USB. So just oh. playing, you know, playing on on the USB sticks, uh, and that's it. I've never used um, Tractor or, or Serato or anything like that. And you know, of course, to each his own. I have no judgment either way. I just uh, that's just sort of been my um, approach. And also, I just I kind of enjoy I enjoy flipping through coming from you know playing a creative records. I think you know playing CDs was pretty fun for me because you're able to at least flip through a book, and it's sort of that tangibility of turning around and flipping through and looking over there's one minute left so you got to grab something and you know and turn back there's something sort of a little bit more connected to me in that in that way but of course the you know the usb is just is so convenient and it's just plug and play it's it's pretty amazing uh the convenience of that so yeah that's i guess my preference
the help and support of our friends, we here at CITR wouldn't be able to bring you all the great music, art, cinema, and culture that you love. Thanks to the long-standing support from the Rio Theatre, we are able to keep you informed on all the great artists, films, and everything else coming to town there. For all the current information about who and what's playing at the Rio Theatre, visit their website at www.riotheatre.ca. Discorder, that free magazine from CITR, has been documenting the best in music, arts, and culture since 1983. Let's see what one man of prestige has to say about Discorder. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Dogg, and I fucks with Discorder magazine. How about that? <laughs> Smoke you every day. Pick up a copy around Vancouver or f*** with Discorder online at discorder.ca. This is Techno Progressivo. I'm DJ Wah. You're listening to 101.9 CATR. That was the first half of the Miguel Miggs interview. Tracklist is on Techno Progressivo's Facebook page. Uh, uh, along with a collection of web links, here's part two for the interview. Enjoy this. I just want to jump back to something you mentioned in the last question I asked. You said you always have songs kind of playing around in your head. When you sit down to produce, uh, do you sort of sit down and replicate what you're hearing in your head, or do you just kind of sit down and start mucking around and then something falls into place? It's a little of both. I'd say the second probably a little bit more so because ideas come and go sometimes like the wind. You know, you hear a melody, sometimes I'll hum it into my phone and then get back to it later. Sometimes it's a bass line that I'll hear or a chord progression that you'll sort of but I'll hear, and then sort of, uh, I'll try to put that down, and sometimes it doesn't translate like I heard it in my head, so it'll morph into something different. So really, it's a little, you know, it's a little both. Uh, in 2004, you started your own label, Salted Music. Uh, what is the musical policy for the label, and what do you attribute to its continued success? It's just a little boutique label, you know, just like a little little boutique store on the street or whatever, a little coffee shop on the street. I really just started it for that reason, just to, just to sort of have a little, a little sort of home to explore um, really releasing music of all, you know, styles that I enjoyed that people would send over or give me through the years, you know, like through the years, um, touring, sometimes people will give you, you know, tracks that they've done and, um, and they just want, you know, someone to check them out and obviously get them released. And it's great to have sort of a, a platform and an outlet to be able to um, release tracks by, you know, people that, uh, you know, unknown artists that are out there making really cool, you know, doing really cool work. And, and then it's also a platform to just sort of have fun with and sort of be creative with and explore um, some different sounds too. So being that we normally, you know, focus on in the deeper realm or whatever, it's, you know, we also explore funky and, and, and sort of some new disco and some soulful. Uh, and so it's really just, it's a fun, it's a fun little boutique project of sorts, you know? And I, I don't know what I would contribute to the success. Or I don't even know if I would say it's successful. It's just, you know, we, we've, I guess we're lucky to being, being able to keep going. It's really about people connecting to and enjoying the music. Um, so, you know, I'm just happy that people enjoy some of the stuff that we release. Really, that's what it you know, comes down to. Because <laughs> if there wasn't, then I guess we, would, we wouldn't really be uh, able to continue.
playing the blues, playing the blues. It hits you like a bombshell. Your soul, soul, funky, funky, funk, funky, and drive. We play clubs at two o'clock. Then we go from there to a house party and play the daylight, eight o'clock in the morning. As long as the people want to party. Blowing the police didn't run about. In addition to producing a multitude of singles, you produce a number of albums. So, how does your approach to making an album differ from making singles? Oh, well, the beauty of an album project, for me anyway, is just like I think I mentioned before a little bit, is just that it's not sort of focused on the dance floor appeal to it always. It's it's, it's it gives me sort of the freedom to explore a little bit more, you know, the songwriting aspects, for instance, or um, a little bit more atmospheric, or, you know, it's just, it's just the layers and textures and the, uh, it's just all in it. It allows me, I guess, a little bit more of a freedom within my mind frame um, with how I approach, you know, some of the songwriting. And it's a little more focused on the songwriting, actually. So most of my, the albums that I have done so far are featuring various um, singers and stuff. So I really enjoy that, that collaborative effort that collaborative approach of working with a singer that I enjoy or connect with their voice. So when I'm writing, a lot of times I'll be able to vision, you know, uh, a male or female voice singing, you know, the song as I'm writing it. And then I'll, um, you know, connect with different um, singers to come in and either they'll, they'll perform, you know, sing the song that I've written or, you know, or we'll collaborate and write together. So it's the beauty and the and the of the whole process that that I really actually thrive on that I really enjoy of, of you know creating for instance like album material as opposed to um, you know sort of track based more dance floor tracks that are a little bit more for like DJ sets or the club in mind um, rather than you know the albums which are not really focused on just the club appeal.
Lisa Shaw bring to your collaborations that has you regularly featuring her on your tracks? Yeah, I mean, Lisa's just such a great soul. She's just a great person, great human. So I've always enjoyed working with her because we're just, we're great friends. We're like family at this point. So um, I've known her for since the, I don't know, I guess late 90s and, and ever since we first kind of collaborated on whatever the first song I worked on with her was. I can't remember offhand. But yeah, so through the years, I mean, we've done some touring together where she'll perform some of the songs that we create and some of her own material that she does on her own. Um, performing those songs, you know, live in a set sort of is nice to sort of break up the the you know the vibe and, and connect with sort of a live performance aspect, which I enjoy. Um, so you know, through the years we've done some of the live gigs or, the, or some of the tours, and then uh, in the studio with writing, I mean, we just we just work really fluidly together. Like like our melodic ideas or lyrical ideas, we both sort of are very open-minded people, so we're, we're pretty easygoing in, in in the way that I'm always open to sort of explore another approach. So I always, I always love that sort of aspect of, you know, oh, what if we do it this way or what if we change that word or things like that. I mean, we're both so open to, to those ideas that I think it's just it makes it a pleasure to sort of, you know, work with someone that's on the same mind frame as you in that way. Thank you. 
Can you name one or two producers or DJs whom you really admire and why? Coming from the days where, where I was getting, you know, really into deep house music and stuff, there was, there was quite a handful of guys that are still around today, thankfully, um, still doing it. And, you know, guys like uh, guys like Terry Chandler and Masters at Work, and I mean, you know, the, 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 the real old school soulful deep house guys that were, were doing it when I was getting into it um, already, I still, you know, enjoy their work and love seeing them play when when i can and it's great that it's connected with people for this for this long and they're still doing it over your career are there any countries or specific clubs that you've absolutely loved to play at um and or are really excited to play at in the future well it's always changing it's pretty crazy like through the years how many venues open and close in every city so from all the years of touring you know regularly in, in various cities uh, you know venues and promoters come and go what I look forward to sort of changes as far as that goes. I find it to be, you know, it's always a new experience lately because there is so many new venues and promoters, you know, to play for. Um, whereas I think in years past, it's, you sort of play for regular venues and promoters, um, you know, for years and years. And uh, so it's a little bit of a, you know, the unknown sort of aspect keeps you on your toes, I guess. You know, not really sure what to expect sometimes at different venues. So I guess you just go into it with your music and, and you know, go into it with an open mind and, and just do your thing and hope that, uh, you know, it resonates with some people. It's a bit of a, an, you know, exploration and a bit of an experiment. I mean, some of these little boutique festivals that are popping up all over are, are kind of interesting because you never really fully know what to expect from some of those. So that can be fun. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just, it's always changing.
Okay, you'll be playing here in Vancouver at MIA on Saturday, January the 26th. What can club goers expect from your set that night? I have no idea. I mean, well, I, I do. I basically never pre-plan as my plan. I don't come in with a pre-planned set and press a button and it's all, it's all just track by track. So I kind of go with the flow of what the room feels like, what the sound is like, what the, you know, I kind of go just spontaneously based on a track by track sort of selection based on, the, you know, the mood and, and the extra and the vibe. So, but overall, I mean, I play mostly kind of a little bit more deeper, funky, soulful, uh, some disco stuff thrown in. I mean, I really kind of mix it up. So um, for me, it's, you know, I, I guess we'll see, we'll see how it flows that night. What is your vision for the future of yourself production-wise and also in DJing? Um, the future, I'm working on a whole bunch of stuff right now. Actually, this last year, I kind of started working on a new album but had to move studios and you know just a few things that kind of put that to a halt for the time being uh, so this year I really plan to re-approach to re you know jumping in the studio and finishing a whole bunch of unfinished tracks and songs and a bunch of new material that I'm really wanting to, to work on so there'll be new singles there'll be in a probably a new album hopefully this year and um, a couple remixes so so just trying to you know stay busy and, and get a bunch of stuff done and be productive this year as far as DJing it's kind of a little bit of what I mentioned before it's just sort of a few upcoming things in LA and Seattle and um, Toronto and Vancouver so this next month is fairly busy and then you know we'll see we'll probably do another event at the music um, Miami Music Week again in March and so it just you know it just keeps going <laughs> I guess uh, it's it's always a little bit of an adventure each year. <laughs> Thank you.
Okay, uh, this has been Miguel Miggs. A selection of Miguel Miggs tracks can be found on Beatport, iTunes, Juno Download, TrackSource, and also Spotify. A full list of Miguel Miggs and Salted Web links can also be found on Techno Progressivo's Facebook page. Thank you for doing this. I call it transcendence. Sunday at 10 p.m. to midnight. Hosted by DJ Smiley Mike and DJ Caddyshack. People disappoint, but pizza is eternal. That adage is being put to the test with Canadians weighing in on pizza, love, and slice etiquette. Six in ten Canadians have some type of relationship deal breaker when it comes to pizza, but one in three have no pizza love limits at all. The top deal breaker was eating pizza in bed at 18%, and closely behind was anchovies on pizza at 17%. Next up were picks the cheese off at 10, eats pizza with a knife and fork at 8%, uses too much garlic dipping sauce at 7%, puts pineapple on pizza at 6%, doesn't eat the crust at 6%, and eats it cold at 4%. So cuddle up on the couch and share some za and some love. Okay, we are all done for another episode of Techno Progressivo. Thanks a lot to Miguel Miggs for doing the interview. Incredibly candid, incredibly interesting. So if you enjoyed what you heard, get out to MIA next Saturday to check them out. Full track listing and a big collection of Miguel Wiblings can be found on Techno Progressivo's Facebook page. If you enjoyed the show and you want to check it out again in podcast form, you can do so either at iTunes or at citr.ca. Up next is going to be Transcendence with Smiley Mike. So check that out for two hours of trance. I'm all done. I'll be back here in two weeks and I'll see you then.